goodness. My favorite version of that song ever. Thank you, Lily, so very much. Wow. A Hindu trader in India once asked a missionary, a Christian missionary, what do you put on your face to make it shine? The missionary didn't really understand the question and said, I, nothing, I, I don't put anything on my face to make it shine. The Hindu began to lose patience and emphatically said, yeah, you do. All, all of you who believe in Jesus, all you missionaries, the people at your church seem to have it. I, I've seen it in Agra and in Surat and even in Bombay. And the missionary began to understand. And his face seemed to glow even more as he said to the man, now, now I know what you mean. And I'll tell you the secret. It's not something we put on the outside, but it's something on the inside. It's the reflection of God in our lives that makes us shine. You've seen it, haven't you? And hopefully you've got it, by the way. Today we're going to talk about shining for God. Because His light is in us. Before we do that, let's pray together. Father, thank You for each one. And it's our prayer today that we all know You and we all shine. Thank You for placing those people in our lives that, well, they point right to You. Because they're living the way they ought. Let us be those people in a dark world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sermons come from all sorts of different places. This one came from a funeral I did earlier last week. An amazing lady named Gai Hee Chung. She was born in Seoul, South Korea in 1936. And she was born to an atheist family. I never met her, but I feel that one day I will when I get to heaven because I know she's there. So growing up in an atheist family, I don't know how it happened, but she started to go to church. And there are some very, very strong Christian churches in South Korea. Very strong. But if she would bring a Bible home, her brother would greet her at the door and tear it up and not allow it in the house and give her a rough time as a result. Guy, as a young woman, was married. Married a man named Koo, Koo Chung. They had three children, two boys and a girl. Her oldest son told me about her life, and as we sat at the conference table at the funeral home, I, I just... The more he spoke, the more impressed I became with her life. In that part of the world, in their culture, the relationship of a mother-in-law and a daughter-in-law is different than in these United States. In these United States, mother-in-laws and daughter-in-laws are just best buddies and always will be. But in South Korea, the son actually told me 
that it was like a fraternity. And the mother-in-law was the senior fraternity member and the daughter-in-law was the pledge. And that's how they were treated. Uh, hazing, if you will, went on for the whole time the mother-in-law and daughter-in-law were together. The daughter-in-law never would grow out of the hazing. One day many years ago, Guy was in charge of bathing her mother-in-law and washing her feet. And they had a room in the house where Guy would take care of her mother-in-law, bathe her, wash her feet. Well, one day the mother-in-law didn't want to go to the room, and she made Guy bring a basin to her room so she could wash her. And so she did, washed her feet, and when she was done, mother-in-law took the basin and poured it on her daughter-in-law all over her. Now, generations are living in the family and the son who's sitting across the table from me in his 50s now remembered this story vividly from over 40 years ago. And he said, I remember my mother picked up the basin and cleaned up the water and never complained and left the room. And she served her in-laws until they died. She never retaliated. I was captivated at that point. What would you do had that been poured on you? We're in church, so we can't say, but I, it might be different than what Guy did. Her response, or her lack of response, Reminded me of these verses from Philippians chapter 2. <laughs> Do all things, all things, without murmuring and arguing, so that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, in which you shine, like stars in the world. Isn't that beautiful language? Can you imagine what kind of a world we would live in if everyone lived this way? Doing all things without murmuring and arguing. Blameless and innocent children of God. Without blemish. If we lived that way, shining like stars of the world. As Christians, we should shine. And the more I learned of Gaihi and about her life, the more she shined. Her husband was an engineer, Ku, who died several years ago in South Korea. And later on in their lives, they became missionaries. And I did not ask, and I wish I had, but I bet her husband became a Christian because of her. Because she was that kind of a woman. And then they became missionaries. They started six or seven churches on islands around Korea that had never had a church before. This lady really changed the world. She shined. Her life was obedient to the command given to all of us in Matthew 5. 
14, 15, and 16. Talking about you if you're a Christian. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one after lighting a lamp puts it under the bushel basket. But on a lampstand it gives it light to all in the house. In the same way for us. Let your light shine before others. So they see your good works. And give glory to your Father in heaven. In reading about this week, it was interesting, somebody wrote, notice he didn't say, you're the light of the church. You're the light of the world. We're supposed to shine in church, and we're supposed to be church, and at church, and we're supposed to be active in church. But if all our shining is here, we're wasting our time. To do any good, we have to be in the world. Because the world needs what you have. The world needs you to shine. There's been too much darkness in our world lately, hasn't there? much. And all of us could probably stand and, and say the things that have gotten us. The shooting in Las Vegas last week. It's unfathomable that that can happen. The church shooting in Tennessee the week before. The hatred that has divided so many. The news filled with so much darkness. We live in a world that's just too sinful and too problematic and too dark. The world needs us to shine. Maybe now more than ever. Wherever we are, whatever we do, we need to be that light. We need to shine. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you need to shine. Okay, stop talking now. That's enough. Verse 16, if you're a little hesitant about shining, sheds great light on any hesitance. Let your light shine before others so that it may see your good works. And then it says, give glory to God in heaven. It doesn't say and brag about you, does it? It says to give glory to God in heaven. When I tell you about my new friend, Kaihi Chung, and while I want to meet her one day, the only explanation for her behavior was that she had a connection to God Almighty. That's the only way you cannot take that pan that was just poured on you and do some damage with it. That's the only way. And so when I tell you what a wonderful lady she was, I'm really bragging on God who enabled her to persevere throughout persecution and difficulty. When we shine, we point to God, not to ourselves. And it is so important that in a world filled with takers, we shine as givers. It is so important that in a world filled with complainers, we shine as praisers. It's so important that in a world that can be indifferent, we shine as carers. It's important that in a world of darkness, we shine as light. When we give our testimonies and we think about how we once were, we all have to admit once we were part of that darkness, once we were part of the world. But when we become Christians, the light of God becomes reflected in our lives. Ephesians 5, 8, 9 puts it this way. 
For once you were darkness. That's how we're born. But now in the Lord you are light. Live as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. It sure matters how we live, doesn't it? It sure matters. And here in Ephesians, our shining is referred to as the fruit of light. I love that phrase. Beautiful language. Our lives should bear the fruit of light. Romans 13, the second part of verse 12, puts it this way. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. We have to make that choice, that decision, that change. Because light is very important to God. Do you know God's first recorded spoken words in Scripture? You'd probably guess Genesis chapter 1. You'd be right. Look at what it says, the very first of the book, God's first words. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. And then God said, first recorded words, let there be light. And there was light. Since that day of creation, and every day since, man has made a choice. You have made a choice. I have made a choice to shine or not to shine. In our family history, there's a story about my cousin Joe. He was misbehaving in a family reunion and they put him out on the porch. That's what porches were for when I grew up. You put the kids out on the porch so you'd get them out of the house. And so they put Joe on the porch. And Joe, after being bad, sat there a little while and his father came up and he said, you ready to come in and behave? And Joe said, no, sir, I want to stay out here and be nasty a little while longer. <laughs> Joe, that was 60 years ago, and people still remind Cousin Joe about that choice. We have a choice to shine or not to shine. To be part of the problem or to be part of the divine solution. I am so thankful that you are here today, meaning that you want to be part of the divine solution. There are so many stories. Thank you for shining. So many stories in this room. As long as we have life, we should shine. Because darkness will not win. No matter how depressed or how difficult it may seem, darkness will not win. John chapter 1 verse 5 says this, and I love it. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness can never, never, never extinguish it. We know that shining is contagious. When we shine, it hopefully causes others to come to Christ and then they, in turn, shine. A couple of more stories about my friend Taiyi Chung. So when I met with her son at the funeral home, his wife was with him and she was talking about her mother-in-law. And I said, well, you're part of this culture. How did your mother-in-law treat you? Were you in the fraternity pledge? And she, oh heavens no. She was better to me than my mother. 
it stopped with God. She would not behave that way. Guy also has a daughter. Her name is Grace. Grace and her husband serve with the International Mission Board as missionaries in Hawaii. Shining like her mom. Changing the world. Back to Matthew 5. Back to you. Back to me. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bushel basket, but on a lampstand that gives light all during the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so they may see your good works and give glory to your, give glory to your Father in heaven. So go and shine at home, at work, at school, wherever you are, you shine. <laughs>